0: And now, here is our message. Well, good
1: morning. Man, uh, great, great job worship team this morning. God's presence is in the room. Uh, they're filling in. Reichert, uh, Reichert went to a baby dedication this morning for family. And so, man, so glad you're here today. What an awesome Sunday last Sunday on our on our five years. Uh, yeah, celebrating five years. Uh, I know some of you are thinking, where are we going next? because we got to be out of here in, in two weeks excellent question. Moving on. Um, we will let you know we actually have our possibilities lined up and we're just finalizing, which is God's best for us. Um, and so uh, the word that I have for us this morning is we, we're kind of wrapping up God of the city today. And uh, and it's in a good way, it's heavy on my heart. And, and and I really feel like it's from the Lord for this moment, for our church, for this season. Uh, because I don't know about you, but what an insane the last 18 months it's been, right? I mean, just, and, and it feels like week to week, something else, five more things, every single constant turnaround, constant, and, and you, we just don't know what's coming. Um, we, is that just me? <laughs> just, it feels like chronically, like, bam. Bam, something else, and, and before that, I shared for a minute last week, before 2020 hit, my wife and I, especially myself, had just been wrestling for about a year, year and a half of saying, God, what else do you want with this church? What, is somebody else the person to take it to the next level? We kind of plateaued, you know, and we hadn't seen God doing fully, and we, we just, there's times you know God has something more. You know, it's not about numbers. It's not about trying to be, like, bigger, bigger. It, it was just we knew God wanted something more, and we weren't sure how to get to more. And we felt like we had tried so many different things, and 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 it wasn't working. You know, we just weren't breaking the ceiling we were supposed to break. And for those of you who are here, you know, you probably know what I'm talking about. Maybe you sensed it. You saw it. And we were kind of in that place. And, and I was really wrestling, saying, God, am I the guy? Is somebody else... Supposed to be that person, or what do you want to do? And then 2020 hits, and then you think, yeah, maybe we won't survive this because this is this is going to be brutal. And and God does the opposite at Thrive Church. When every church is closing their doors, we open. When churches are shrinking, we grow. Uh, When when uh, when when you think there's we can't go any further lower, you know, uh, or any further, there's no way you can grow in that God. God expands our territory. Uh, and then when you think, well, we'll have nowhere else to go, like as a location, uh, God opens up doors all over the city, all over the region, just super good to us. And, and that's awesome. Uh, and it's been exciting, but, but in the midst of that has been as good as God has been, as we just sang about to us and here, how many of us have also thought these last, this last year and a half, this is insane, and I'm kind of tired of it, right? We're all sick of it. Like, can, th- can this stop? Remember? Does anyone remember two weeks to slow the spread? <laughs> it's the longest two weeks of my life. There's a funny post that said, uh, the hardest thing about two weeks to slow the spread is the first 18 months. <laughs> After that, it gets better, <laughs> right? Matter of fact, I saw this this morning. Chase threw it in the last second for me. I thought this was pretty good. We arrived right after the revolution led by Nicki Minaj, Earth 2050. (laughs) Truly, like, this is the moment we're in. Just what else is going to happen? Nicki Minaj and Tucker Carlson are saying, you know, I can see your point to each other. Like, I I swear I saw the four horsemen on the ride in this morning (laughs) just looking at a map. Like, I think we turn here just what is going on? And, and it's we joke, but it's very serious. Do you know mental health, the mental health hotline in the U.S. was up 900% in the year 2020. I met with, I can't tell you how many people in the last couple weeks just struggling, whether with their own mental health uh, or, or, or anxiety, or PTSD, or, or work scenarios, it's, I mean, it's across the board. I know people, right, it's, that, that was the reality, like, if you just wear your mask long enough, this will all go away. Not working. <laughs> if you just get the shot, how's that working? Not not Great. Well, it's, if, if people, if, if the other ones just got the shot, go, go ask that now to the countries who have the highest vaccination rates. Huge spikes. Why? Because sometimes you can't stop a virus. Sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of like, and I've shared this story before, and I, I, won't, I won't go through it, but that, that time that I was in Kansas and we lit that fire, that bonfire of this deck we tore down, and I swear we were going to burn down Kansas. Because it was fall, and this fire just kept moving, and it moved in the grass, and it was burning and burning. The owner of the place was like, "It'll be fine," um, and and I was I swear I was like, "We're gonna burn down their house. We're gonna burn down Kansas." I was like, "Call the fire department," and you got to realize this is a town of like six hundred people, um, literally. That's not an exaggeration. And 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 I and and the the fire is so hot, like we can't get. From me to that table was as close as you could get to the fire. And we were like spraying water at it. And the water was dissolving before it got to the fire. Anybody ever seen a fire that hot? I mean, it was so hot. And, and it was burning the grass towards the house. And, and, and I just thought, we're, that's it. We destroyed Kansas. <laughs> and then eventually, what happened is it burned out and it died down. Before it got to the house, thank God. And then an hour and a half later, one guy in a red pickup truck showed up. That was the fire department. He had nothing to put out of fire. Yeah. Which is a pretty good analogy for what our government is right now in this moment. Um, I, even, I even posted the other day, the world has PTSD and the government gave it to us. And, 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 and you say, well, those are political statements, Pastor Brian. Why are you making political statements? Here's the, it's not, this, I'm not talking about this side and that side of the aisle. I think from day one, but definitely from day 21 or so on forward, I, I believe there's been a dereliction of duty, and I believe our government in this season has failed us. You can clap, you don't have to, you can boo me if you want. And here's why. Because in moments like these... When you're in trial and suffering and struggle, we don't just need policy, we need leadership. And we have not had it in this country. I'm sorry, that's not an attack on America. That is an attack on, and it's not even an attack, it's a statement of fact. We have made nobody better. People are breaking down. Most people I know who are the most of the afraid are the ones who have a mask and a shot. What does that tell you? Tell you somebody somewhere either failed or lied to them or didn't offer them hope. Say, well, just a little longer. When the goalposts keep moving, the game is rigged. Something's incorrect. And this is not, a te- what I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting to hope, hang, hang with me, <laughs> okay? I'm getting to really good news, but hang with me. Anybody here ever been in a situation outside of what we're all in right now where the leadership just failed? Don't point <laughs> at me. <laughs> okay? It happens. And there are times leadership's going to fail. It's, it's going to happen. You're all going to have a bad boss. Your parents are going to let you down. You're going to have a bad teacher. I, anybody here ever had a bad teacher? If you're homeschooled and only had one, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Unless they're here. If, if they're not here, fine. <laughs> um, but don't, right? It, it it happens. I mean, I had horrible teachers, some some growing up. I had some great ones, too. But, man, I had some that were like, how, how did you even get a teacher's license? You know, the ones who've been teaching for 50 years, they died several times and came back, <laughs> and now they're just, they just hate children. <laughs> you know the, you know those? Yeah, I had a few of them. One of them, she's got to be dead by now so I can say her name, because um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she had died before I had been in her class. Mrs. Madura, just mean, nasty. Mom and Dad, do you remember Mrs. Madura? Might as well have been Mrs. Murder, just nasty, mean, I hate children, woman. And as we exited fourth grade and I left the class, the one, there were, the, we were like the two last kids. And, and, and Stan in front of me, Stan was a troublemaker. He was a mean kid. And in the end, as he walked out, she goes, oh, come here, Stan, and gives him a hug. And I thought, all right, let's put our things behind us, Mrs. Murder. And, uh, and I go up to her, and she's like, bye, Brian, shook my hand and said, get out. Yeah, there's some bad teachers. There is such a thing as bad leadership. And you can, uh, look, you vote however you want to vote between you and the Lord. That's not what I'm speaking to. But we are in a moment if the country is filled with anxiety, is divided, is screaming at each other is calling each other murderers and stupid and, and deceived, etc. It's not just because we're all messed up, though we are. We're all sinners, and we've all fallen short. Leadership has dropped the ball. And that ball was us. And this is not a rant to start a political party. This is No, we're not doing that. This is not a rally. This isn't who to vote for. What do we do in a moment like that when we are struggling? Some of you are struggling right now. You've taken a lot of hits. What do I do? And that's a great question. That's a question worth answering. If we want to see God move in this city, we have to be people who offer what the world is not getting right now, which is hope, which is life, which is encouragement which are answers to questions nobody's getting. You know, I I heard something really cool the other day, and I don't, again, I'm not trying to tell, say this from a political perspective, but the truth is, if you go down south, like here, where we live in Chicago, most people's religion is Catholic. Say it louder, Catholic. Catholic. Many people are Catholic, right? Because of the, it really comes down to immigration. Uh, what happened is uh, 100, 200 years ago, over the last couple hundred years, the Italians and the Catholics stopped here. <laughs> and they were all Catholic, okay? And then the Swedish and the Reformers moved a little further north than the Germans, Okay? So And the Germans, you had a split, right? And so if you go, if you go up by Minneapolis-St. Paul, I lived in a small town just over the border from them. There, there were half a dozen Lutheran churches. And there, there was a Swedish Lutheran, a Norwegian Lutheran, a German Lutheran, which was, seemed angrier than the other two. But, uh, and, and several, it, it, it was weird. Um, and, and, but it was just immigration. If you go further down south, you have a lot more Baptists and Born-Agains. Uh, Yet yeah, that's what you have and And the truth is, and, and this is, this is a tough one to say, but the truth is, down south you 're going to have a lot more bible believing Christians, not all there are people who, just like here, there are just like here, there are committed god god loving Jesus walking with Catholics, One hundred percent there are don 't think there aren 't that 's messed up for those people who think oh they 're in a cult, no no, 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 no that 's a giant cult, that is not a cult. <laughs> If they're walking with jesus and they're in a catholic church more power to them okay there are people who are down south who say they're born again and and uh they're not (laughs) but but there are a lot of god-fearing people in the south not all but some mississippi governor and their COVID spike said this and i thought this was pretty powerful statement they said well why aren't he said you know there's a lot of people here who maybe or maybe not getting the vaccine he goes, but one thing we have here that the rest of the country doesn't have. These are his words. He said, most of the people here aren't really afraid to die because they know where they're going. Now that being said, nobody in this room or in the church abroad should be like, let's run to death. Like that's not that's not our thing. I don't want to die. But we can have peace about it. And we can even have hope on the other side of it. We're all stuck crossing that bridge. And that's, that bridge sucks. But it's a bridge. It's not the end. It's a bridge to home. It's a crummy bridge. But it's a bridge. It's not a road or a destination. And now we're in this moment where we are having to say, what do we do when, when, when it feels like the system has failed us? And if you've been in Illinois, that's been failing us for a long time. Okay? What do you do when you when you work for... Wh- what do we do when it feels like it's all breaking and I don't know what to do? Some of you have met with me over the last couple of weeks and you're just trying to navigate every tiny thing and it feels like the walls are closing in on believers. And I I I hear the Christians who are like, that's not true. We've just fallen out of favor and, and it's just different now and it's just... I would. I love those people, and I'm also like, wake up. I'm not. Do I know that if Jesus is coming back tomorrow? I don't know that. Nobody knows that. You can't know that. But what I do know is this is different. This is a major shift in world history. Never we have have we had world leaders colluding together with the exact same plan for something with such a nothing of an impact like smallpox or bubonic plague. That being said, we all know people who have died. We all grieve it. But we also are like, and your answers aren't helping. Now, some of you are like, no, all the answers are helping. Man, hold on to that for as long as you can, because I don't know how you are. (laughs) I have not found hope in the government's answers, ever. Not just over the last two years, ever. I believe the government is ordained by God to help us to a point. But I do not believe the government is God-ordained help for the people. Do you see the difference? I believe in police and fire and roads and mayors and leadership and governors and senators. I believe in all that. I'm for all that. I don't want to be live in the full on Wild West. That was a neat time, but I'd rather watch the movie. Okay. So I don't want that, but I also don't want it encroaching on, on belief after belief after belief. When somebody is, uh, there's, there's several people, so I don't want you to think I'm talking about a person. Several people have brought us their vaccine exemption forms, and we're not a church that says the stamp of get out of the vaccine. Or not. You make that call, and whatever call you make, we trust that you're hearing from the Lord, and good for you, and we got your back. Many of you have gotten it. Some of you don't want to. Whatever the Lord's telling you to do, do that. We're not anti one or the other. We really aren't. But for those who are saying, I don't have peace about it. Man, you've got to wrestle with that with the Lord. But in those forms, when it says something like, give me all your religious reasons and have you taken these in the past. In that moment, I'm like, since when does an employer cross this line and ask where you go to church These are not questions that were asked 18 months ago. And if they did, they would be sued to to oblivion. What happened? Well, it's just change. No! Ebola was here 15 years ago. We didn't do it then. SARS, what happened? There is an assignment. And in that assignment, it is against the church. And does that mean this is the moment Jesus? No, 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 no. Don't go crazy. Don't go nuts, okay? But at the same time, be Christians who are aware of the times we're in. In the times we're in, there is somewhat of an assignment against the gospel of Jesus Christ on the earth. And there always was. Yes, there always was. But there are seasons of favor and seasons. Of if, I was here, if we planted this church in 1985, we'd be 1,000 people and the world wouldn't say a word to us. Because we'd be in favor. Fast forward 30 years, not so much. What happened? Why are the walls closing in? Why is this? I I can't fully speak to that, but I don't think that's the, the answer. I don't think figuring out is it is it the Illuminati first that's weird? And what if it is, what are you gonna do about it? Well, I'm gonna post weird pictures. Problem solved. great to go. Like That's not a thing. Like, why? Well, it's, 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 it's a cabal of world leaders. Okay, what are you going to do about it? No, well, it's just spiritual, and it's not anything. Oh, okay. Well, none of that's happening, and just go along with it, and it's fine. And, and man, all of that's fine, but I think Scripture speaks to this moment that those who are the most powerful and effective in times like these, the times have changed. And if you don't believe the times have changed, we love you, and you're welcome here, but at some point you're probably just not going to like us. Because I believe the times have shifted. Something has shifted in the world. We didn't ask for it, we didn't want it, but it's here. A change has happened. And just like pre-9-11, we're not going back. What is that going to be and what is that shift? I don't think I even know yet. But it's something. And it's definitely hostile towards the church. And in that moment, what are we going to do? When we are feeling the pressure and the anxiety and the fear, there's a great scripture, and this is what we're talking about today, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8-10. through 10. And I could read it and we could just go home because it's that awesome. But, you know, i got stuff to say. So, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. And he's talking about a terrible time. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact we expected to die. But as a result we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he and he did rescue us from mortal danger. <laughs> And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him. And he will continue to rescue us. Man. Whew. Just let that sink in. Let that settle. There is a moment Paul the apostle. Who has been stoned. ship not not our stone, back then, actual stones, okay, who's been stoned, beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead, kicked out of cities, imprisoned, that guy got to the moment that he's like, it's over and we are going to die. So if he's despairing about death, it was probably bad. It was probably enough that he's like, oh, man, that guy, he's seen the dead raised. Somebody, I believe it was Paul, right? He fell asleep when he was preaching, or was that Peter? Right? Was that Paul? Yeah, that happened with Paul, right? Yeah, the guy fell. Literally, he preached so long, he bored the guy to death. He fell off the roof, fell, and died. That, I have never done that. So I'm a better preacher than Paul. No, I'm kidding. He dies, and then Paul raises him from the dead so he could finish his point. And that guy is saying, there is no way out and we're going to die. That's unbelievable. He feels crushed, overwhelmed. He is despairing. Like, God, we've done everything we know to do. This is beyond our ability to endure. Some of you know the weight of those feelings, and I think the whole world this year has begun to understand that feeling. I can't do this. This is too much for me, God. Here's what Paul begins to learn in that moment. He begins to learn that control is an illusion, but God's sovereignty is a certainty. If you believe you can control your life, you are deceived. Anybody here figure out along the way you can't control it all? Not a lot of you raising your hands. You will run for a rude awakening. You can't. How many of you had a plan for your life and the plan didn't happen like you thought it would? Because you're not in control. The greatest risers of stresses and anxiety have a great deal to do with people fighting for control over what's going to happen, their emotions, over how their kids are going to be. And we're not in control. And the times that we believe we are are actually more dangerous than now. Because in those times, we're so comfortable, we're asleep spiritually. Now sucks, but we're awake, which is awesome. We are awakened to the fact that I'm not in control, but I know who is. And he is sovereign. And he numbers my days. I've really come to believe, truly, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I know there's exceptions, but as a rule, I think... That God orders our days and nothing else. You aren't going to die one moment sooner than God would say it's okay. You're just not. You say, well, what about suicide? I can't answer every, for lack of a better term, variant. <laughs> okay? But, but at the same time, I know people who've tried to take their life and God stepped in and said, nope, not time. God knows God ordains and he is in control. God knows who's in the White House now and who was and who will be. God is in control. When it seems that everything is out of control, God isn't. And when we are despairing, like, God, I can't can't do this. I can't lead this. There are days, like I have five kids, and there are days I'm like, God, I, I don't know how to be a father to all these kids so good all the, like so well i just don't know how to do it they all have such different needs and i love them all unconditionally but how do you do how do you do that how do you how do you lead people in these times and and you're going to give people bad advice and well, what stop trying to be in control you do your best but you realize even your best won't matter It is God and God alone. Only God can change my kids' hearts. Only God can move on on this generation. Only God can expose the lies. Only God can tell us the truth. And if our our government really is made up of men and women who are integral and doing their best, which seems far-fetched, then Lord rebuke me and tell me. I'll listen. But only God is in control. And do you believe that? Or do you wrestle for what are you saying? Acts 4.24, they're quoting the Bible. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer and said, Sovereign Lord, meaning God of control, uh, in control, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Most of our anxiety and fears... Is us battling for control over them. I'm gonna give you something I've I've given a couple people privately in the last couple of weeks. So when I was wrestling through some some of the trauma that I was in my life and the thoughts that would enter into the, the anxieties for a season, I rebuked them all. I thought they were all demons. They weren't all demons. They weren't all the devil lying in my head. And you know what? Sometimes when I rebuked it, I made it worse. Do you know why? Because it wasn't the devil, it was me. It was my brain telling me things that I shouldn't think. We do have such a thing as self-talk. We don't want to believe that we would ever talk negatively to ourselves, which is insane deception, because we do it all the time. We all have negative, evil, stupid self-talk. I'm not enough. I wish I looked like this. I should be like that. I wish I was more like this. I want to be like that. And that, those thoughts over and over, I, what's going to happen with this? I, I need to make sure I'm making enough that way, and I, I, need to, I need to check this out. I need to run to the doctor about that. Man, I, believe me, I know. <laughs> and those thoughts over and over become anxiety if given enough time. And instead of boxing shadows, let them be there. You do have to figure out which is the devil and which is you. The devil is usually accusatory, and he traps you. But if you rebuke the devil, he's got to go. If you're rebuking the same thought, it ain't him. And that's okay. Now you're learning, and that's all right. I've given this to a few people in the last few weeks, and this is something I learned myself. So I'm If this is helpful to you, take it. If not, throw it out. But if it is, what I began to learn is those shadows, I was boxing them, and guess what? They weren't going anywhere. They just kept being there until I eventually realized some thoughts are just that. They're just a thought. I'm becoming anxiety-filled, fear-filled, controlled by these thoughts that are shadows. And you know what you do with a shadow? Nothing. You just let it be there because eventually it's going to go away. Let it pass. It's just a shadow. Let it go. How many of you have had negative thoughts that, and we do, the Bible says we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Right. Some thoughts we do. But other thoughts, if they are thoughts that are stirring in you that aren't the devil, that aren't demonic, and you're making it worse by trying to control those thoughts, here's what you're trying to do in that moment. You are trying to play God of your own mind, and you're not supposed to be God, and neither am I. God is God of our minds. So we stop and say, you know what? I didn't create that thought. I don't want that thought. I'm going to let that thought pass. Sometimes we've got to say, that thought's from the enemy. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I don't receive that. And sometimes you've got to be like, that was weird, and move on. <laughs> just, and you've got to figure out the difference. I can't tell you how your brain works all the time for you, but you can. Every fear that comes up isn't the devil. And when they do come, sometimes you can just let that shadow go, man. And all of a sudden, fear and these moments and trying to play God over, begins to wash away and say, I don't got to be in control. Paul was convinced we're going to die. He says, I thought we'd never live through it. We have to become better. We have to become great at trusting God with our story's timeline. We have to be believers that says, when you take me home, I'm okay with it. We have to have that kind of resolution in our souls. Paul had that. And here's the thing. We, I get it. I have five kids. I have a wife. I, I, I ho- will hopefully have grandkids. I have possessions. And I have things not in the order I'd like them to be for when I go home. And I want it to be 40, 50 years from now. But I'm also not in control. We've become almost humanistic christians who think our timeline is the end of the timeline this is not the end it's only the beginning when did we buy the heresy that this life is what it's all about we don't we're afraid to face our mortality because we think we're temporary. And if you know Jesus, there is no temporary. Only the eternal. And it's good news, even when it seems like it isn't. Now look, death is never God's friend. It's not, we can go back to Genesis and see, God and, Genesis, uh, God and the devil, or God and death, not friends, okay? But God is in control and he's good, how many of us have run the scenarios? We've talked in our own heads over and over and over about the negative, about what could happen, about how we got to be in control, about what we got to do, and we got to make sure this and that. And that. Stop! Because you don't control the end. You can do everything you can do. Should you have life insurance? You really should. <laughs> yeah, should you have a will? Please do. Okay? But at the same time, that doesn't control it it doesn't tempt it it doesn't none of that and paul understood this and he grew into this knowledge even more philippians 1:20 i fully expect and hope uh, and hope that i will never be ashamed but that i'll continue to be bold for christ as i've been in the past and i trust that my life will bring honor to christ whether i live or die for to me living means living for christ And dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ, so I don't really know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better I continue to live. Man, that is the best theology on death there is. (laughs) To live is Christ and to die is gain. Bring it on. I belong to you. My timeline belongs to you. What happens to me? What doesn't happen to me? I know so many people like, uh, they, they live in regret, thinking about their past. I wish I would have done that, and if I would have done this, and if I would have made these choices. Stop it. You're not in control. You never were. Go back and say, Lord, if I missed it, forgive me. Help me now. I love, Joyce Meyer said years ago, they're like, what if I miss God? What if I miss God? That's okay. He'll find you. <laughs> what, if, what if they come and arrest us? Then proclaim the gospel in prison. What if they fire me? Then God will provide. What if I get COVID? Then trust the healer with your timeline and do your best. I don't know what's going to happen. I wish I knew tomorrow, but the truth is most days I don't. There's a lot of things I scroll on my phone, and I'm like, we don't need to know any of this stuff, do we? Does anybody here miss the days when we knew less? <laughs> right? Because we have a lot more knowledge. We have a lot more information, but we have no wisdom. It's like, it's like somebody opened the gasket on some of the knowledge that God had and opened it up to the rest of us. And we're all choking on it because we don't have a big enough mouth to swallow the information. And because of it, we're accusing each other. We're coming after each other. He says we expected to die. Let me just ask you this question about dying, about what's going to happen to you, about your job, whatever. Some of you aren't afraid of death, you're just, you're afraid of employment, or you're afraid of what's going to happen to your kids, or you're afraid of, you know, your retirement. Those things scare you even more than death, and that's okay. Everybody has different fears. Here's the question I want to ask you. Are you expecting God's best no matter the end? What seems like tragedy to us might be God's best. Do you believe that? Do you believe that when nothing seems good, God is? When it seems like it's a rat's nest, God's in control. And that if you are in the last moments, man, if I ever find myself in a hospital bed saying, "Uh, you know, I could have done this or I could have, man, I... Oh, let's let's be the believers who are in those moments. If we're in a hospital bed or there's a gun to our head or tragedy strikes us, we find ourselves in worship and not in regret. Take my moments, my last moments, every breath I have from now to the end and let it be worship, Lord. I want to read that verse that turns it again and says, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. Listen, but as a result, this horrible nightmare of the end that they knew they were living in, God said, that's the very thing I'm going to take and mold you into my likeness. What seems like the end, death, tragedy, God's like, watch this. Is that not the story of our Savior? We call it Good Friday, but it wasn't that good that day for them. It it felt like a horrible end. God's done. God has died. (laughs) Jesus, I think heaven was somewhere laughing, saying, don't you know Sunday's coming? (laughs) God's telling Paul in the worst moment of his life somewhere in Asia, hey, 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 (laughs) you're going to learn to rely totally on me. I got all this (laughs) it's almost funny how much we fear and worry the Bible says why do the nations rage when the king is on his throne (laughs) the sovereign lord of the universe who holds all things is saying hey With a smile on his face, I got this. Have you ever been held in that kind of certainty? The kind of peace that says, I I actually don't even know what the report's going to be, but it doesn't matter. Because I know who holds me, I know who holds the history of the world, I know who holds my kids. I know who writes my story. I know the one who can stop cancer with the movement of his finger. Who can make my blood right when when it's wrong. I know his name. His name is Jesus. I know the one who restores marriages that seem beyond, beyond, beyond repair. I know him. Can you come, do you want to come to that place of total, whole, complete reliance? I trust you. When there's been a dereliction of duty, I trust you. When the world is falling apart, I trust you. I want to, I don't want to... Just, I don't want to think about it I don't want it to be part of my life I want to walk and live by faith when he commands me do not fear and if I'm real transparent with you that is my biggest struggle I get afraid you don't know it because I'm like a duck on a pond. <laughs> Howie was just telling me a few minutes ago, like, man, I never would have guessed. Like, yeah, I'm a duck on a pond. I don't. My wife knows. Sometimes maybe my kids see it. But I I, I stay pretty still. But underneath the surface, I can be freaking out, man. <laughs> not all the time. Don't be right. I'm not like a nervous wreck. I'm just... When something hurts, when there's a cough, like when my kids. Part of the reason is because I've seen it, I've tasted it. I've tasted the darkness of this world. I, I know that sometimes a story seemingly doesn't end well. But the truth is, that's not right. The story ended well. And it will end well. <laughs> Sunday's always on the way. Sunday's coming. My Savior lives I know my Redeemer lives. I know who holds the future, who holds eternity. And what Paul said there, we place our confidence. What makes me confident is in me, or my abilities, or my report, or what I place all my confidence, not in my job not in my spouse, not in my tomorrows, not in my yesterdays and my choices or my health. I place all my confidence in Jesus. Let's be that church and those believers. Every ounce of it, God. Not where I'm going or where I've been. All of it
0: here.